Welcome to Forward Thinking with Ryan Pertelli, meaningful conversations between Ryan Pertelli and the people he believes have trailblazed by being forward thinking in their field, industry, or even within real estate. Ryan is defining a new era of residential real estate. An unparalleled commitment to achieving excellence sees him as one of the most desired property and lifestyle advisors in the Twin Cities. Welcome back to another episode of Forward Thinking. I'm your host, Ryan Pertelli. I've got some uh, great guests here today. Close Simple is in the house. Paul Stein, Bill Svoboda. I just... Svoboda. Svoboda. I'll get it for you. Oh, thank you. It <laughs> Sorry about that, Bill. No worries, no worries. <laughs> we were just, we were just uh, saying how difficult some of our names were, and here I go, uh, right off the bat. But thank you so much for uh, for being here today um, really the the podcast again is uh, forward thinking and I reached out to you guys because seeing what you're doing uh, going into a space you know that it's got a lot of noise and being kind of like that disruptor a little bit right like changing you know the paradigm changing things and we'll get into that but I want to first dive into how this all came about we were just chatting a little bit before we hit record like you were an ad exec, you were doing your thing, you know, you had another company, like how did you guys even meet? And how did Close Simple even become? Because it wasn't even Close Simple, it, was, it had another name. We had another I, name I, first. I heard about it. Well, okay. we had a yeah. few different names, but really probably for this one, we can start at the Close Simple story maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's what our first client started calling our software, so it really? just kind of stuck. So what was, what was the original name? Paul, you can share. Well, I mean, when we first got started and we can get into this story we had a product right now you know we service exclusively the title and escrow space real estate attorneys are the types of folks we use close simple on a day-to-day basis Um, but we started off with a realtor application that we just it was a white label we called it like the timeline basically (laughs) and uh so our first client was a remax it was like Number one Remax in the it world was at the yeah. time, yeah. So twelve Remax results called mm-hmm. it Results Timeline. So we did like the name was like I don't even know we called it like Real Timeline app or something like that yeah. was the first thing. So um, and then we got into actually you know focusing more on the closing process and okay. close simple. It sounds you know it's it's like a directive like we close simple for our clients and the URL was available. And I gotta admit when we, <laughs> and we'll go into the, like how we maybe got into business, but I'll admit like when you pitched me the name, cause our first client was kind of calling it this close simple thing. Like it was interesting. It didn't really stick with me right away. I'm like back then in 20, this was 2013, 14. Yeah. You know, it was all about those short, like five letter names. Yeah. You know, you think of five or six letters. So we're thinking of these weird off the wall names. We had like Closey, yeah. I think was one of the original All these things, like, but it's just thoughts. like, then close simple. It's like closings should be simple. We help you simplify the closing communication. You know, yeah. it just stuck then, but it's interesting. Like just listening to that client, his feedback on it, it was like, okay, it makes sense. And the URL was available. Yeah. So let's go back. You, <laughs> you said like 2013 was kind of like the initial kickoff, right? What led you to that point and like, why did you want to get into I'll give you closing, the, title, yeah. escrow? Well, I mean, that's a completely different world, right? I'll give you the yeah. like quick elevator. If you were an investor, here's what you'd hear. You know, or you meet us in the elevator. It's like Paul and our third partner had an idea for something. They brought me in because basically they're busy in their careers. I had a business of my own, but I had a little more free time. So I basically was like, let's get this idea off the ground. I posted on Facebook. I think it was February 24th, 2011. Um, I want to meet with 20 real estate agents in the next 20 days, buy them a cup of coffee, get their feedback on an idea. Over the next three months, met with all these realtors, found out nobody really liked our idea. You know, well, surprise. And, and, in, you know. and in fact, we were just asking the wrong audience. If we would ask yeah, a yeah. different set of people in yeah. real estate, not real estate agents, you maybe would have gone in a we just totally, wanted totally to close. different collection. Yeah. We don't care yeah, what happens direction. from here to here. We just want to get to the want close the money. Yes, so, payday. Yeah, so I'd, I'd have all these meetings. And again, we were just looking for who's going to be our first customer. It seemed like real estate agents might be it. So I went in all these meetings. Realtors would come 10 to 20 minutes late. For the next 10 to 20 minutes, they'd complain about this buyer doesn't understand this, seller doesn't understand this. And then they didn't really like our idea, it didn't stick. So I go back to Paul and Jeff and I'm like, guys, you know, here's the findings, you know, like this is what I heard, but everybody's stressed out. What if we made a tool to help them communicate? And at that point, Paul's a digital ad exec. 
Um, he ran the idea by kind of some of his UX people. I go back, I called it like a crush club, air quotes, like they'd either crush my idea and help us move on, or they'd have a crush on it and go like, please build this. I went back to those people and I said, hey, what if we could help you communicate better during the closing with something like this? And we had the idea, Domino's had just come out with the pizza tracker. Yep. You know, so we're like, I would turn the paper around to them, they would draw it. Meanwhile, Paul's getting some UX experience from his ad experience. And we're like, okay, these stories match up. And then long story short, Remax Results became our first client, 2013. 2014, owner pulls us aside and goes, guys, you know, and this thing looked beautiful. Paul has a Paul has a knack for like making sure it looks beautiful. He worked with our develop, everything's in-house with us, you know. But it looked beautiful, but real estate agents weren't using it. So the owner of that Remax at the time, he's not there any longer. He goes, guys, none of my realtors are using this. You can see the usage. And Paul and I are like, oh, dang it, he's gonna like pull the contract. You know, like all the money we're making right now on the side gate. So much. So much money. Not, <laughs> not, not really. very much. Yeah, if you saw the video, you can see where the, the side hustle was not much. But he goes, it was just a hustle. He goes, yeah. you know what though? Forget them. My realtors, they're stupid. I give them a great tool and they don't use it. I own a title company and the number one complaint I get against my title from my real estate agents is bad communication. Can we take these 10 steps in this timeline and make it like four or five and put in the title and then Paul's like, yeah, I bet we could, but what's title? You know, like we had I no said, idea. Yeah. We had no idea. And I think like if, if we were if we were thinking back on it, um, it was cool. It worked really well, but it wasn't like I don't know if we did a good enough job of like packaging up and marketing uh, what we were doing to the realtors within that initial sure. client. And I think that was a big shift for us to go, and I, we learned a lot to say you can sell software into a brokerage, but to get usage, you have to sell it individually agent by agent by agent yeah. by agent and with title came you know this idea that my the title folks have to use it if i tell them they have to and so that was a that was an insight for us too because i think um the idea of begging people to use something even if the results are there yeah. um is not what we it's like vitamins versus an aspirin like it would be nice to have but they don't need it yeah at least like you know you know how it goes yeah. Like you are very selective with the software that you choose in your business. And if, if it doesn't immediately add value, it's really hard to hang on to. Yeah. Like any expense is right. hard to hang on to. So back up for like just the audience a little bit too. Like, okay, so you're starting this business. We're going down this path. What now today, talk to me about like close simple. Like, yeah. If you had to give them give that, 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 tell, new tell, 30 tell second, that new 30 right. second, that new 30 second. Do we have 30 seconds for you, Paul? Give them the new, like, yeah. new and improved, like what you're working on today, because you know I, I think that's important, you know, for them to understand. Because um, this podcast too is not all about even real estate. Like I've got you know, other people on here, but like today we get a chance to talk a little bit about the real estate world, you know, title, escrow. title. Let's talk title. Let's title. Talk title. Super <laughs> exciting, right? And super sexy. <laughs> well, and I think that's just it. Is you know, especially over the last ten years, this world has changed a ton with everything crashing in 08 and a lot of new regulations and we can't we title and escrow companies have had to like turn around and turn into actual businesses that market and they um you know they the way they go to business has completely changed so now all of a sudden you have these organizations that were basically just running off of referrals all the time who actually have to have salespeople and they have to you know they're they've been in this like 10-year transformation to get to where they are today um and Gosh, Bill, like the first time we really took this to national market in 2015, um, even in the last five years, we've seen an entire shift in, in the mindset yeah. of how people run, you know, title and escrow companies. So today, um, you know, we're helping close deals across the country. Um, every single day, around 40,000 communications get sent out through Close Simple, uh, providing status updates on what's happening throughout the process and um you know providing peace of mind for the realtors that aren't closing 20 deals a month who aren't used to the process who are concerned about payday at the end of the day and buyers and sellers who are you know in the middle of the largest transaction that they've ever been in they now have visibility to what the process is post purchase agreement which you know <laughs> has not always been the case and when you when you ask anybody who's closed recently how did that go? And this is not a knock on the work that our clients do, um, but they don't remember who their title company was. And they were like, I don't know. I was just I was things answering or... emails and then we closed one day. Like that's what it feels like. Yeah. And now we can actually provide that sort of, 
you know, process. And a little bit of an education. And communicated education. And what that does is, like our largest customers who are closing tens of thousands of orders a month, um, they they will report over the first three to five months of uh, using Close Simple at least 20% reduction in inbound phone calls and emails hmm. because people just know what's going on in the process. The smaller ones say, like that story we heard, yeah. you gotta just tell the story because that's... Well, and, and just for anybody listening to this, like all Close Simple is we integrate with a title company's existing platform that all of their documents are on. So, you know, Ryan, when a buyer signs with you, you know, they sign their purchase agreement, goes from you to the title company, that starts a file in the title company, okay? And what our tool does is it goes, ooh, a new file is made, I'm gonna send an email and a text to Ryan, to that buyer, the other side, whoever it is. All we do is we help the title company communicate without them having to click more buttons or do it. So like we have this one company in California, they close maybe 150, 200 deals a month. You know, that's a pretty healthy size title company. Yeah. They're good, good size. And um, I get her on the phone and I'm like, how's it going? You know, and she goes, oh, this is crazy. You know, I just talked to a real estate broker who closes with us. He also closes with another title company because that's common yeah. in this industry. And she goes, he just told me that because of the emails and texts that we're sending from Close Simple, he's asking my staff 75% fewer questions. <laughs> and I was like, that's amazing. You know, and it puts a smile on our face. Oh, like we're sure. all about helping our clients win, you know, save time, make money. That's really it. But um, I laugh and I go, well, that's amazing. But how are we going to get, what's the next step to get him going 100% with your title company? Why is he even working? Right. Yeah. And that's right there, I think, the gut of what it does. It adds efficiency. But also now, like, what does that mean? 75% fewer questions for somebody like that's already stressed out? They can actually proactively. More time for them yeah, to go out Just brain space. Somewhere. Just yeah. brain space alone. You know? Yeah, it's cool. Someone just literally told me today, a friend of mine asked me to close this deal for them. So it wasn't referred by either side of the transaction. And I walked him through the process with Close Simple. Both of those real those real estate agents, buy side and sell side, have said, I'm never closing with anyone ever, ever again. So she picked up two new customers on Friday, <laughs> just like that. We joke, know, we joke, it's like we're selling text message and email updates. <laughs> like that's really what we're doing. But that's, we're that's so the world we more. live in today. It's so much more because it integrates with what they're already on. Yeah. It makes their life better. It helps them proactively do what they, it yeah. makes them shine. Well, the technology, like I think you were getting at it earlier too, like everything is moving at such a quicker pace these yes. days. Um, I mean, I'm a believer, like, email, like I hate email. Email is the death of me, <laughs> but it's necessary with certain things, right? Yep. We have so many different ways to communicate today, whether it's through DM or whether it's through text or whatever. Like email, though, is like the outdated of everything, yep. but you still need it. Gotta you still have need it. it. Because it'll sit in my inbox for three or four days, but if you DM me or text me, like I'm gonna respond to you right away. Yeah, well, <laughs> and think about it, like everything from Amazon texting you about your delivery you're getting the dentist reminder yeah. the day before. My school, like my daughter's school texted me the day before saying, just a reminder, there's no school tomorrow. Like if the if they figured it out, yeah. we should be able to figure this out. Yeah. And and so that's cool. And it's a big difference, you know, in business and in branding and all that stuff. We talk about this, like why, how, what, the big Simon Sinek thing and like what it is, email and text message updates, eh, you know, it's not that exciting, let's be honest, but it's not revolutionary. Why is huge because it's huge efficiencies, new business opportunities, a typically invisible player in the real estate space now getting the credit for the amazing work that they're doing on the back end. And um, it's really fun to see um, how an email and a text can make such a big difference. Well, I, I just I just had dinner with a buddy yesterday and his family's business just got acquired by a one point two trillion dollar company like that just Blackstone just acquired you know it's just this crazy thing and he goes when we're talking about what does Close Simple do you know we're catching up and he's like that's so crazy they're in the home remodeling space yeah. like they do a lot of this in huge scale across the country and he's like the thing about you guys is you integrate with the software already. He's like, our industry needs something to be able to update our clients with, but I don't want to have our people just in a texting app. I want it integrated. And that's what really what we've done. We've made it easier for them to not leave what they're already in yeah. to fulfill like what Amazon, Domino's, Uber, the 100%. experience, because the consumer's experience has changed. Every industry is being affected. Yep. 100%. So take me back to how you guys actually became like them, like partners, I mean, 2016, I think, is like when you actually, Paul, like 
left the corporate, trigger. Left corporate America. I mean, we all have one of those stories. Like, I remember telling my wife when I was leaving corporate America, like, a month before we got married, she literally was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> this was not a part of the deal, right? Yeah, she's like, this is what I signed up for. But walk me through that. Yeah. I mean, so Bill and I actually originally met 15 years ago. A long time, yeah. Which is hard to believe. And uh, we were, we met at church, actually. And we were in this, we were 25 and we were in this like mentoring group. 6 a.m. I think. 6 a.m. Panera. Way too early for 25 year olds. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, our you, church. You dragged yourself there. Yeah, our church was filled with 25 year olds and their parents. So we had all of us young guys in this group. And then we had all the dads who were like successful business guys in this sort of like mentoring group. And we called it, what do we call it? The spiked hairs and the gray <laughs> hairs, basically. Yeah. I and now that. we're getting to be the gray hairs. But back then, and and it was just a really cool group of business-minded people who wanted to do life in a similar way and learn from, you know, these more seasoned veterans, if you will. And uh, so that's how we originally yeah. got to know each other. And then we worked on all kinds of like weird little projects and some church related. Yeah, and it was like one day stuff. I'm like, we should do a business someday to get, it'd be fun to do it. Yeah, we no, talk all like, the time. Let's start yeah. a business, let's do something. And then at the same time, Jeff, who you know yeah. is the uh, founder or co-founder of Anglo Volkers, um, so, he, that's how we started down the real estate path in the first place. And Jeff, Jeff's wife and my wife played college volleyball together. Uh -huh. So, and then, so we would sit and watch volleyball and talk about how we were going to take over the world basically. <laughs> and then, you know, fast forward, I think it was like, Oh nine, maybe when Jeff really got started seriously into real estate. And so we, that's how we started down the real estate path. We had an original idea. And that's when I was like, I've got this friend, Bill, who's like an entrepreneur. We should bring him on to be like, the fire, you know, the gas on the fire, if you will. And that's what he's been yeah. since day one. But we've been friends yeah. for 15 years and like really getting into business, like seriously for the past five, six. Yeah. Cause Bill, I know you, I mean, you speak, you know, you had other companies, the t-shirt company again, like you got just the, the track record is amazing too. So, you know, with some of that stuff too, to bring somebody in with that. And I know Jeff, you know, obviously he has you know a lot going on. And when, you know, Angle and Volkers approached him and his business partner, Lindsay to open up here, Again, you know, it's like you got to kind of pick and choose some of that stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, but as far as like your, you know, involvement then, Bill, like what did you, like what were you most excited about? Were you like on the tail end of one of the other businesses or well, it, was it just wasn't the friendship? Because again, being business partners with friends is tough, right? Well, it was interesting. Like I think yeah. the the thing about Close Simple that got me, I love thinking about the customer experience. Like, you know, I saw- And you're a big customer experience guy. Yeah. Big like, time. <laughs> like my um, my former company was an online custom t-shirt company. I started that in my dorm room as a 19, 20 year old because I had a bad experience with a t-shirt company. And my roommate Ryan goes, you could do it better. Let's do it together. You know, and I'm like, okay, let's do it. And you know, I sold that business in 2018 to do this full time. But I think I became wildly passionate about putting myself in the customer's shoes, going like, what would, what should they expect? What should they have? And as we were building this, it was just awesome. I go back to like, I love sitting across from a real estate agent, just listening to them and like just listening to them, just listen, just listen. And then us thinking like, how can we do this? Mm -hmm. And um, well, and just I'll, thinking we can make a dent though. Yeah. Like we can make yeah. a dent the in industry, this industry. The industry is one thing. And I think what Bill really brought to the table right away is back then, like this is like the advent of lean startup. I mean, yeah. in, mm -hmm. you know, anybody who's out there who knows anything about that, um, Bill was reading a ton of like Steve Blank, Eric Reese, these guys who were like, you know, uh, customer first, but also this crush club idea of like, go talk to the customer before you come up with an idea and then figure out if there's a actual audience for it. Yeah. And I think that's really what we did. We had this mindset going into it that if we couldn't make money on day one, it wasn't a good enough idea, which is actually the exact opposite of a lot of tech startups who are like, freemium, freemium, yeah. freemium, how are we gonna make money on this thing? And we just said, it's, if we can't make money on it on day one, it's not a good enough idea. And I think that thinking is what really drove the initial like partnership. It's what drove a lot of our early success. And it continues to be that, you know, whenever we make new things, it's not just us going, it seems like the industry needs this. No, it's listening, listening, listening to our clients, to the market, to all of that and going, what should we make next? So. You, I think Bill maybe undersells the value of like, yeah, he cared about the, the process and what he built at his previous 
company was incredible, but he also brought thinking that was super crucial to I just how we got started. Thinking like so with the t-shirts, it was like this is it's just a t-shirt, you know, like if Engel and Volkers wanted 50 shirts for an event, it's just a t-shirt. But for you, it's like that's your events t-shirt, like your brand is on it. And I loved getting into the head of the client. Like, mm-hmm. what do they want? What do they want out of this? It's not just a shirt. Same thing with like our stuff. It's like we're not just selling texts and emails, like we're helping them put their best foot forward. We like, you know, like one of the ways we're looking at this is like we're helping the title agent be the superstar, you know, giving them a platform to shine. And we just step back. Like you don't see close, simple anywhere to our detriment, probably, you know, like (laughs) the emails and texts do not say close, simple. We want our client to always look. Yep. But you're making them look good. Making them look good. And that puts a smile on our face. Yeah. I think one uh, one of your sayings in one of your speeches is make your butt look good or something like yeah, that. That's a whole other so, topic. Yeah, that's so you're, you're, you're making, context, you're making yeah. but yes. <laughs> but you're making, you're making the title and the escrow company look, you know, fabulous. And just and like you said. making the real estate agent look good for referring well, and saving And saving them time, yeah. right? Like how, how crucial is that in everyone's day? Like we were just talking about with email and everything else or the phone calls of you add it up over a week, you know, it, it consumes a lot more of your time than you think. I mean, we, we all live that and that's, that's the reality we live in. So if you can make it, you know, more enjoyable for both the agent and the title company and then the ultimate experience that falls on the client, I mean, it's, well, I'll it's, say that, this. it's so that win. One thing, and I listen to a lot of like Tom Ferry, I listen to a lot of real estate coaches. I mean, we, Paul and I meet a lot of real estate agents around the country or, you know, at Anglo Volkers Advisors. Um, but the thing that separates a good from a great one is really communication. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really like, how are you communicating to the client what they didn't know they wanted, needed, or even thought they should ask 100%. before they want to know it? You know, so yeah. I, I love it. Um, yeah, I was sitting out with one real estate agent lately, and he's like, every Friday, I just update my clients, just update them, just yeah. update them. I don't care if there's an update, I just yeah. let them know. And that just, the anxiety level in that buyer or seller goes, oh, okay, I know on Friday I'm going to get a call from them. That's kind of what we've done with Close Simple, helped our title and escrow companies do this to a level. We don't do like every Friday updates, although some of our clients, they kind of want to do that too. But it's like, if you can proactively communicate, that means you're going to get less questions like that. Mm -hmm. Title company, 20% less for huge tens of thousands. Like, what does that mean? (laughs) A lot. Well, and, and a lot of these people, as we know, you know, they're they're making you know uh, only a handful of purchases throughout their entire life, right? If that, so th- they only do this a couple times. You know, we sit here and we do it on the daily and the weekly. Mm-hmm. We know what to expect. They have no idea. So if they had a bad experience previously, that's what they're relating it to. You come in and you show them a better way. They're like, whoa, like this was. And again, like you just won their business then for life. So I think, I mean, knowing it again, I, I joke, you know, title and escrow is not, you know, super sexy, but at the end of the day, like it's what needs to happen for everything to finally like the seller to no longer own that property. The buyer now owns this property, the agents on both sides, you know, the lenders where the money's come. like, it's one of the biggest pieces in the entire transaction that no one knows about. <laughs> yeah. Which is a whole nother thing. Like. You know, just in terms of like getting into what do our clients, what is the title and escrow company, the real estate attorney actually do? There's a lot. Yeah. Um, obviously, the real estate agent's a big part of that from a quarterbacking perspective, but there's a lot of quarterbacking happening happening behind the scenes too. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's pivot a little bit then too. Um, as far as like right now, I mean, you guys are in huge growth mode, right? Like you guys are bringing on more people, more staff. I mean, talk to me about like where it started and now where we are. Yeah, take a back. Because I mean, you guys. I mean, what do you guys have for uh, account number right now? And you want like, yeah. Well, Paul, take it back to like when we were at Panad, our you know one of our developer, one of our lead engineers, (laughs) like his his Saint Paul. This just sounds a little fishy. With spaghetti, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's uh, Ryan. You've got you've got kids, and you're right in the middle of it. You've got super young kids. My daughter is now six and anyone who's raised kids you kind of forget a lot of things and i think that's just like nature's Especially way if of you like track. okay she's six you've been in the business you know full five. time for about five or six yeah. years so right as you were getting started that was in the thick of it yeah young baby yes my yep. daughter was not even one years old when my wife and i made the decision okay in the x number of days we're gonna make this make this jump so 
that's a whole other thing. But um, you know, it's it's been it's been absolutely probably exactly how it needed to go. You know, but back when we first started, it was really myself before Bill quit his job because he was about eighteen months after me, an engineer, and it was basically the two of us running around. And we've had the opportunity to bring in some contractors along the way, who a few of them actually have joined our team now, which is really cool. So we've had, um, but but back then it was like me sort of designing, (laughs) uh, testing, selling, implementing, and then we had like our one engineer, Panad, who was was doing it. And back then we would meet in his St. Paul flat uh, every other week with the like couple little scraps of contractors we also got to get like to sit down and do an update and back then like I mean you know we went a good chunk of time without making anything off the business yeah. and for many reasons we were able to do that but um, what that allowed us to do was basically take every single dollar that was coming in and reinvest it in the places. Um, but because we and were that's, doing that that's super critical though <laughs> I mean a lot of people don't realize that though like you almost you got to fuel the engine, you know, and put put that money back into it before you can. We're so validating. Like, can we throw gas on in the fire yeah. too? It's like, yeah, we had we had we had and we had much to learn too. I mean, that there's there's many stories that go into this, but I mean, back then I would literally bring spaghetti and make spaghetti at his flat for lunch, so we had lunch for the team. But we were like, we can't afford Jimmy John's this month, you know, for our two lunches for eight total people. That's just how we looked at everything that we did and. I mean, we're not that frugal today. Like the sacrifices, though. But at the same point, <laughs> yeah. you know, we were able to get by with just a couple of us. And what was cool is, um, you know, I spent six years in digital advertising. And it was a really interesting growth period for me where, um, you know, basically the, the first thing I did for a year was project management and learning how to work with developers. And then the second thing was client services. And the next thing was business development. And, Really not a day goes by today where I don't use something that I learned over those six years. And that, that sort of set everything up. Um, but then also like a huge commitment and people joining us like Panad and, you know, other people who have been with us since day one to get us from, you know, three people meeting in Panad's flat in St. Paul and eating spaghetti to like, you know, we had our um, annual sort of all team get together two weeks ago and we've, we're 14 full time going on 15 full time nice. and uh, a couple, you know, contractors still working on it there's probably about 20 people that touch the business on a weekly basis which is just it's humbling frankly like it's 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 been a really fun probably like we've really been selling the product now for about four years 2018 was the first year we really started selling and to see the growth over those four years is wild. when did you really see it like start to take off too and like you knew like instead of quitting instead of throwing in the towel like when did you Finally look at one of them and be like, yeah. right, we, we've got something here if we just keep moving it forward. I, you know, I think when we, the agreement with my wife was, <laughs> let's, I'm going to take 90 days and I need a break because advertising was killing me. I loved it to death, but it was killing me. Um, I'm going to take 90 days and we'll just see if we get traction. And then six months, we were still getting enough traction. And back then it was like, can I just get one email a day that said like forward, forward looking? Yeah, I mean one email give yeah. me just one good piece of news today and i'm like i've already cleaned the house four times today <laughs> i was watching my daughter one day a week like and, and back then that's what it was it was like little wins and then it was like incrementally okay we've got something we've got something we've got something um but i think 2018 beginning of 2018 we rolled out like a completely re- revamped version of our product and we sat down there's a guy if he'll never probably hear this but his name is paul bandiera and he was like the president of one of our integration partner softwares. And like, I sat down with him and did a demo and it was one of those like out of body experiences where I go, oh my goodness, like, I think we know what we're talking about. And he just <laughs> nodded the whole time and Bill goes, that was the best demo you've ever done. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. We're at a conference and all of a sudden I'm like, oh. It just clicked eventually. This like, is a thing. We were the outsiders, <laughs> like our first national conference, we walked in the room like, but everybody's in their like suits or like their polos with their logo on it embroidered and we walked in not dressed like you yeah right dressed like yeah dressed like a real wait you actually own a suit yeah we own, we own a suit we own a suit <laughs> ryan sees me walking around with a black t-shirt like basically every day yeah but we stuck out and it was like crickets when we walked into the room that night we thought everybody there at that scottsdale arizona conference would think close simple is the greatest thing ever 
nobody cared you know <laughs> nobody, nobody cared. cared and we, we were like what in the world you know it it, it kind of was deflating to realize so was that like uh just a title escrow conference like yes. one of the, the national the ones? ones okay yeah, yeah. <clears throat> thousand people yeah there's we've we've told the story a lot of times but the i we woke up the i woke up the next morning and the conference was at the fairmont scottsdale princess like the one of the nicer places in scottsdale and bill and i woke up at the best western by the airport <laughs> yeah and i woke up at 4 15 which is 6 15 minnesota time and just laughing literally <laughs> i just woke up and i go because we had just pitched our idea to countless people the night before yeah. and they were all like what are you even talking and this about? is 2016 yeah right you had just quit yes. your job so like two weeks after quitting your job you just had Etta and we're staying at the Best Western the night before it just shot down well, and we've been on the plane like we're the smartest guys yeah. we know everything going in prepared got everything you know, yeah ready we to have go. clients in Minnesota Tuesday night yeah. nobody gets it all 4.15 I wake up in the morning laughing literally and Bill's, we're in the same room, of course, because oh, yeah. we're... Money's tight. Yeah, money's... There is no there's, money. Yeah, there's no So I... So about 15 minutes after I woke up, I talked myself all the way from who quits their job and has the wor- and finds out they have the worst idea ever to, you know what, I needed a break. So if it's just a three-month break, I'll go get a job. Um, to, I'm going to get up. And I went down to the business, quote, unquote, I'm, I'm air quoting. <laughs> the business office. The business center center at the uh, Best Western, and this was one of those like Windows ninety five computers. I don't know if everybody remembers, but you used uh, to click once you had and to then log in and... ten pop ups would pop up on every click. Because I realized, like, in we knew Minnesota title, and in Minnesota, it's totally different than anywhere else in the United States. Except there's like two other states that do title the way we do, and everyone talks differently. So we didn't know the nomenclature, we didn't know how it worked, we didn't know the players. We didn't know anything. And it was a good realization because I researched for about an hour and a half, went back to the room and I said, Bill, I'm going for a jog. I rewrote the pitch. We need that one screenshot, let's go. So I went for a jog, we came back, we went to the conference and the first person we met was like, I get what you guys are talking about. Let me introduce you to, basically it was Paul's number two who got us our first major integration. And from then on it was like, Okay. okay. We're back, you know, so, but we had way overcomplicated everything. We had thought a hundred years in a row in, a, in the future of what we were going to do. And all we had to say was, you just click a button and everybody gets an update. That's <laughs> yeah. it. And I go, Hey Bill, do you have that screenshot? Yeah. And that was our bit. I have yeah. my iPad there and I'm like, Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. So Bill would start a conversation. I would start a conversation and we go basically just hit a button and everybody gets an update. And by the end of that day, it was like, Oh. Okay, we're not too crazy. <laughs> and then fast forward to that first major demo we did in twenty like end of twenty seven. And I remember we met like uh Cindy McGovern, you know, like Cynthia McGovern and all these people that were like big deals in the title space at that time and they actually gave us time to talk. Sure. And they were just like, just hang on there. You know, like you're new, like just just stick with just it. Validating. Yeah, just just stick well, with yeah, it. Well yeah, let's talk about that for a little bit too, because like I think t- even today, like so many people get discouraged. I mean, especially in, in, in our industry, right? Like people see how great it is or they, they see, they read, you know, oh my God, being a real estate agent's gotta be the best thing in the world right now. But the, what they don't see is, you know, the six, seven, 10, 15 years of experience that you had to, and I'm gonna use the terminology is basically eat shit before any of that comes to fruition. I mean, it's kind of the truth. Yeah. So like in your scenario though, like that was the same thing where it was like, you just had to keep putting one foot in front of the other stay positive keep moving forward because i mean you're staying at the best western they're staying at we the did that for a few years we'd <laughs> yeah. stay at the like holiday and down the street well i remember you know <laughs> going back corporate america that was how my first company was too like we would go to the big conferences but we would rent a room to show our product because we couldn't afford to be on the actual floor you know we couldn't afford thousands of dollars and this was back in my fitness days so totally get it but like those two co-founders were very similar to you i mean they would say the same thing. Like they refinanced their homes. They did, they put, you know, everything that they could back into the business, even though they had some revenue coming in, they were just like, all right, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And it it did, it ended up paying off for them. So it's, I think it's, there's a story and a lesson there for a lot of people where in today's hyperspeed society we're in, you can't just, you know, expect the results within, you know, a day, a week, a year. I mean, sometimes this takes five yeah. to six, seven years before it's like, 
holy shit, you know? Yeah. So very, you know, credits where credits do where you guys were stuck with it. But that mindset of, okay, let's change this or let's keep moving forward, talking to the right people, giving you encouragement versus, hey, that's just, yeah, three months, let's go find another job. Yeah. You know, it's, and we're, 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 I don't know. I mean, we have a long ways to go. We still run into situations all the time where we're like, oh, I didn't know that's how it works. Because title, it's again, it's unique. It's Every local. Different it's state. different. There's <clears throat> 3,000 counties or whatever. I mean, you mentioned California. California is so different. You know, Minnesota too. Uh, I mean, we're still one of the, you know, the <laughs> COVID's helped us, but like we used to literally all get in the, in the same room together. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen. Title company on both sides. Yeah. Like that only title, really happens. Title, buyers, sellers, you know, two, the two title it's companies, crazy. the agents, like you talk to any other like either title person or agent and they're like you guys do what yeah how many any realtor who's done that before like how many weird stories do you have oh. of like that guy who is the realtor or that the thing blew up because they found it it was going to be turned into a rental or whatever <laughs> yeah, you know it's exactly like whenever we went in any home closings jeff who does all our all of ours would be like just don't say anything <laughs> Just Keep sit down shut. and just sign the thing. Um, the you talk a lot about you were talking earlier about um, the longevity, if you will, and and hanging in there. You know, I think there's this concept of like fail fast. Like any startup, anybody who's like starting a new idea, um, you know, you want to find out if if the idea is good right away. Otherwise, you don't. You want to fail fast. And I think um, there's truth to that. But there's also being able to see the signals of progress, even if it, you don't see it on the, in the revenue and you mm -hmm. don't see it. And, you know, like one of the things that Bill and I just experienced was when we, um, you know, it's two things. It's number one, when we found out in 2016, we needed to have integrations for this to work. And we knew that was going to take time. It forced us to not sell. For like a year which was terrifying because wow. we had no revenue yep. or very little revenue at that time but it forced us to take every coffee meeting we could with anyone and focus on building our brand and reputation first and we had fortunately we had the opportunity to go that slower route so that now fast forward five years the second thing is now that we've been around for five years there's just especially in this industry where there's just it's a lot of old school thinking and I want to have three beers with you twice at least <laughs> before I'll sign a contract. You know, that's just how a lot of the industry operates. Now that we've been around, it's like we've just been around yeah. and people go, okay, I'm ready to do business with you now. Yeah. Okay. We'll have that conversation. We're getting into the rooms that we could never get into. Early adapters, right? Like not everyone wants to be the first. Yeah. Right? They want to, you know, make sure, you know, the new iPhone works properly or whatever it is, right? Before they jump in. Same thing with business. Yeah, so, they want somebody else, you know, to be the first. Yep. But you gotta, you gotta learn from those. Uh, and, and it's the same in any business that I've been a part of. It's like you really need to put in the time, and you got to be patient. Yep. You have to be patient because it doesn't happen. And and it doesn't matter. Like, yes, we're all competitive. I know, like that's a big thing. But you can't compare yourself to everyone else in that space because you got to look at how long they've been doing it or whatever the scenarios may be, or even where they came from or where they're getting money or capital or investment yeah. or whatever from, right? Like there's so many different variables. You can't yeah. try to like, you know, align yourself with them from day one. It's yeah. just, it's hard to do. And if you do it and you keep doing it, it just makes it more difficult. Like then most likely you will end up failing or, you know, the business just won't be as successful. Yeah. Forward thinking. That's what yeah. we're talking about here. Yeah. Like anybody who's ready to dive in, like how many real, real estate agents quit right before their referral network actually matures, you know, they made it three years, but they just didn't see the paycheck that third year or two years. Mm -hmm. What I mean, yeah, two, there's two endless in some cases. But it, you know, forward thinking for us and what would made this possible was we were able to sustain on a teacher salary for two years because of how we lived for the previous five years. Yeah. You know, so there, I think like what also went into, and who knows where we'll 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 land. And you know, we're, we're we have a lot of humility about it's tech and yeah. how long will be relevant. And there's a lot of like, there's cyber threats and they're all this stuff. Like who knows? Nothing's guaranteed at this point, but to even get to where we've gotten to today is because Bill was able to go a significant amount of time without having major income. Yeah. I was able to, because of basically the way we had set up our life, yeah. you know, to that point. So, and I think that's like, if anybody's like, I got to dive in, there's work to do before to make sure 
you, you're ready for the unknowns and you're ready to like go that just make sure you yeah. can last long enough to see it through. I mean, you, you hit it on the head as far as like, you know, everyone's situation is different. You guys were able to do that. It was the same thing. You know, I made comments, you know, I literally took that leap of faith a month before and my, my wife was like, what are you doing? You know, you got a good job. You're making good money. But it was, if I don't do it now, like I, if I'm going to bet on a horse in that stable, I'm going to bet on me. Like, yeah. I'm not going to bet on any of the other horses, but I will bet on me. Right. And, and I'm not a gambling person. But at the same point, we put ourselves in that position to be able to do it. And it was the same thing. Our, our deal was kind of six months because like in real estate, right, things take just, it's a little bit more of a burn, right? Yeah. Like it just, oh, yeah. it, you find a house today, it's gonna to be 30 to 45 days minimum, right? So I was like, I need, you know, six months. And it was the same thing. We, we downsized basically, because we didn't have the kids and we moved out, you know, way out into the suburbs. We moved to Apple Valley. We moved from the North Loop to the Apple Valley. Apple, <laughs> to, Valley. The Apple Valley. to the Apple Valley. To the Apple Valley. To the Apple Valley. <laughs> <laughs> And it was just, it was the sacrifice, right? And you, you just, you tried to make things, you know, as simple as possible, but then you just really try to put in the work and do everything you possibly something, could. So. Something I think about, and we've experienced, the title industry has experienced this a lot, like record number of volume, transaction, you know, everybody's stressed out. Real estate agents, you're stressed out too. And something I talk to salespeople in title about though is, you know, a lot of us have scorecards about like the number of deals being closed today. But we almost have to like switch that scorecard idea to how many new people am I meeting with that might close in the future with us. Mm -hmm. So I think in startup mode, the interesting thing, and Paul kind of hit on it, when we didn't, when we it, it wasn't possible for us to gain traction with new clients because we just couldn't integrate with them. The scorecard, air quotes, we didn't have a scorecard, but it would have been like, how many people are we meeting with? How many people can we actually run the idea by? So I think like for anybody starting, it's like, what's the win to show progress so that when you do take that, because it's like ideas are ideas. Everybody has them. And your friends, family, they'll pat you on the back till they walk you off a cliff. You want clients <laughs> to validate it. You know what I mean? And uh, so I think that's one of the things. If you're starting, yeah. like, what's the scorecard to show that? All those activities that yeah. are going to lead to something and it's the follow-up and everything. Yes. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we went from celebrating... Oh, somebody emailed me back, dude. Like I'd literally what call Bill and be like, ah, to, you know, finally we got to start celebrating new clients and growth and team and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But gosh, we celebrated the heck out of those emails. Well, like you, yesterday, you, we had, you, you in should. one hour, we had you two demo, in one hour yesterday, we had two demo requests come in like five years ago. Now two demo requests would have been a quarter, baby. You know, like it, it's unbelievable. It's fun, it's fun to think about that, you know, backwards, right? And then to think yeah. like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, you know, how many years ago that would have been like one quarter. Like now we're getting those in one day, you know, we're getting the same amount. It's cool. So to see that, you know, that's that's awesome just to, to kind of hear, right? I mean... I live, you know, through that a little bit with you guys, you know, seeing you a little bit more now and like hearing, you know, in the halls and everything, but it's great to see that success. Yeah. For anybody that doesn't know, we basically office out of your office. <laughs> we, we took over we the basement. You the took, basement. Yeah. You took yeah, over, we the took basement. over the basement. <laughs> We're recording this now, in the podcast studio slash one of our conference rooms. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and now, I mean, uh, because of the COVID, I mean, it's, it's great because not as many people are, are in our office, but you guys are growing and like, even six months ago, I mean, it was like eight people, right? Now you yeah. you get 10 to 15. We just want to make a dent in this industry, help title companies like win, give them that stage yeah. they've never had before. Well, yeah. Speaking of that, like speaking of Jeff, like that was one of the things that stuck with me when I met with Jeff and Lindsay was when they said, you know, we want to make a small little change in the status quo and be a part of that. And like how people are looked at as agents in, in this industry that the bar of entry is already pretty low. Can we help establish a higher status quo? Yes. And I think, I forget who said it early on, like that's all you're trying to do though, is like you're just trying to increase that a little bit and a little bit and a little bit every single day, every single year. So then people are looking at that and it's like, wow, like this is not what I'm used to, but like this is the future. That's this what they expect, it changes their expectation. Yeah, Bill has a great way of putting that and I think we can get back to the um, some of the strategies and, and the way that Jeff kind of looks at the world I think is really interesting. I don't know how much you talk about it on this podcast, but Bill, and I'll turn into host for a second. I'll just say, <laughs> yes. Bill has this thing that he came up with in his last business that we've really, I think, poured gas on at Close Simple. But talk about that because I think it's an 
exactly it's, yeah. it's relevant to this conversation and I think it's a way for a lot of us to think about our businesses and and just how we we go about our day so do the care versus service yeah the idea <laughs> is this I had a business mentor years ago we were trying to think of our company's mission statement and I was like we're all about offering five-star care you know that kind of thing and my idea of care versus service is this care is proactive service is reactive you know care you didn't know you wanted it needed it or deserved it until you experience it then you could never go back so like the experience of a spa treatment, you know, like the first time you got your hair cut fancy, Ryan, you know, they tilt you back in the chair, give you a massage, yeah, shampoo, nice you, know, you know, that kind of thing. Versus like know, service, right. service is just going through the motions. Yeah. I, you know, think about getting your oil changed, just like a half hour out of your day, go there, hope they have Wi-Fi, and you get upsold on like the oil f- air filter or whatever, you know, but it's this service, it's like reactive to something. And we're not gonna get away from service in the world, but care is where you make an impact. And um, so I was, my mentor was challenging. I said, five-star care, you know, customer care. And he goes, ah, and he kind of leaned back and he goes, why not six-star? And I go, why six? And he goes, because Google only allows five. Don't you want to do one better than Google? (laughs) And uh, it just resonated. It's like, we're all about, and this became the motto at my t-shirt company, like when we got a a, a new order, in that intro email, we'd say, we're all about offering six-star customer care. And then parentheses, because since Google only allows five, and we'd link it to our Google page. And before we knew it, we got so many reviews when we asked them at the end of the order for a, a review, because they already saw it to start. Yeah. So they saw what six stars meant. And my definition of six stars is like, it's going to be that five star. You know, obviously, that's as high as Google goes. Or maybe it's Yelp. I don't know. Is Yelp four stars? Or whatever your rating is, it's one more. And it's... They're gonna give the max, and then they're gonna give a glowing review. And a six-star review, though, is about the emotions that they felt during it. Not just saying it was a great order, but like, Ryan was great to work with. He helped me this, this, this. I felt great throughout the whole process. It's the emotions, and it's using one of the team members' names in the the quote that just makes it a six-star review. And that's really what we drove forward. And care versus service. Like, if you can move towards care, it's proactive. Answer their question. And that, that's what we've been talking about the whole time, I think, on this podcast. Yeah. yeah so well, we, no, I love yeah. that, though. Yeah. I mean, and our team, we say the same thing. Don't tell them what's wrong. Tell them what's wrong, plus what you did to solve this, solve the problem. I just had a client tell us today, you're the first vendor that's ever just been able to get done what we need done. No, no is never an answer we hear from your team. Like, <laughs> I'm done. This is good. We've achieved it. <laughs> it's awesome. But your team is also going to, like, again, they're coached on that. That's their expectation. Like they're gonna go that extra mile. It's Nobody has like I think like it's not something intuitively that everybody just has. Yeah. You know, some people don't think that way. Well, We're kind of talking. I think to back to no. like the Ritz Carlton. You know, like every staff member is allowed to you know make whatever right up to a certain dollar amount for any client. You yeah. know, like they take it upon themselves to make it right. You have to and tell not, your people they have the opportunity. They, yep, they have that um, They have that freedom and that opportunity to, to do that because they're in charge of that situation, whatever it is. Same with your team. Same, you know, that's where today, like again, going back to the hyperspeed of everything, like our industry is moving so much faster and it's hard for one individual to get anything accomplished and at a very high level. And that's what I've seen over the last couple of years and that's where it's like trying to surround yourself with the right people to delegate some of that so they can do that because you as an individual agent can't do it all the time or something has to give what's going to give you know so yeah. it's the experience as a service something's going to fall through the cracks you're going to miss that before you know it you're getting three-star reviews you're not getting you know the five and the six that's right so yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, and I think it's just it's a mindset shift, the care versus service thing. I think it I, again aligns with what you're talking about with Jeff and what they did at England Volkers. And it's you know anybody can have a real estate agent, and you could even not have a real estate agent today. Mm-hmm. But if if someone's truly you know you know they they care about what they're doing from a real estate perspective, they want an advisor. They can certainly go sell their home to Open Door or something like that, mm-hmm. but people are still going to want an advisor, and that's going to be a different experience. And that's the proactive yeah. experience you're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. I mean, when we're talking, I mean, again, you're on that side of it too. Like they're making the largest investment, you know, of their life. And why would they want to take that by chance? Um, why would they want to, you know, uh, chance that? So, 
but yeah, with that, I mean, we can we can wrap this up. But I want to I want to thank you guys. I mean, so let me ask you one final question as we we do wrap it up. What advice would you give anybody? Doesn't matter what business that they're getting into. What advice would you give give them as they're starting up? Doesn't matter, you know, age, industry, whatever. What what piece of one piece of advice you would give the the audience if they're uh, looking to make the leap of faith? Faith as we Paul keep pointed saying. at Paul pointed at me to go first. It, I think it's just put yourself in the client's shoes. You know, put yourself in their shoes. What did, what would you want if you were them? And start treating your clients even before you have clients. Start architecting that experience. That's what I I love thinking about that. Like if I was on the receiving, you end really of, do reverse engineer that a lot. And that's what I love about your mind. Yeah, it's gotta be, like if you're not intentional about it, it just happens and I don't wanna leave it. You know, our team's grown so much and every new staff member that we bring on, we, we hope can provide the same level of experience to the clients. And it's like, you have to reverse engineer it. Like don't leave it up to chance or their past experience in business, yeah. you know? So put yourself in the client's shoes, architect what that should be like. And I think then you win. Paul? That's really good. One piece of advice. I think for me, it's um, figure out a way to get yourself into a constant feedback loop with advisors who understand who you are and um, your business to some degree. Uh, there's a guy that I've been taking a walk with every four weeks for the last 15 years, and he's he knows who I am as a human. He knows what I care about. Um, he has watched me throughout my last two career stops before launching this business. And he's a constant, you know, person who's in my ear and I'm bouncing things off of and, and that's from life and for business, but also on the client side. So again, like I said, since 2017 or 2016, when we first found out, we had no idea what the heck we were doing, what this industry was like, we've taken every coffee meeting we could, we've tested theories, we've tested ideas. We've said, are we making sense? Do we understand the industry? And we've been able to develop enough relationships with people who will tell us, no, you're off track on that. You're on track on that. And I think it's like, are you on to something or on something? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bill's, it plays on Bill's. Bill goes, yeah. Are you on to something or on something? And I think like Bill's is put yourself in your client's shoes. And mine is get yourself into a constant feedback loop with people who know things in the industry, your clients, whoever that is, because you know, that, that makes almost anything you make, build, develop, as calculated a risk as you can possibly and have. And it's relevant at that point. And it becomes hyper-relevant. We don't come from title, but people go, oh, like you guys know what we do. Because we, yeah. we shadowed processors and we have conversations yeah. and we talk the talk and we've walked it and we've don't. We've you sat next it. to them when they would put their autoresponder on to go to the bathroom. <laughs> So yes. when we say it, when we, that comes up in a talk yeah. or at a booth or whatever, it it's happened. like, you get me. Yeah. Yes. So that would, that would be mine. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. If people wanted to follow along with you on the journey or where can they find you guys? You know, Closesimple.com. Closesimple.com. There yep. you go. We're on LinkedIn and, and Instagram is probably where we're the most active, active right now awesome. on social, but you can find or us. Or personal stuff. LinkedIn. You can find us. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks guys. I greatly appreciate yeah. it. And uh, we'll do other good things. Ryan. All right. Pertelli. Yes, sir. <laughs> we got the names. <laughs> See y'all. Thanks, man. Well, thank you guys.